honor tonight to get to introduce our preacher this evening. Uh, we, for the first time in this setting, she's going to be sharing. She's been teaching and sharing for quite a while, but this is her first time in this venue. And there's something I know about Rodney Pike Church of God. It's one of the best congregations to preach to. Y'all smile at the preacher. You amen the preacher. You kind of get behind him and let him know you're supporting. And so I ask you to do that like 10 times over this evening and get behind our preacher and let her know that you love her and you appreciate her. Uh, I wonder tonight is as she comes, we'll do something unique. If you could just kind of stretch your hand forward to the front. Let's pray tonight. Father, we ask you that you would touch our messenger this evening. Lord, that you would bring to memory the words you desire for her to speak and that, God, you would anoint her and let her speak the word with a boldness and with a clarity. I ask you, God, that you would calm all anxiety and nerves. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I introduce to you tonight, Mrs. Narissa Baker coming to preach the word. Thank you. Oh, yes, calm those anxiety and nerves. <laughs> this is definitely putting myself out there. I'm not used to doing this at all. But um, I... I feel like it's time. I told myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> All right. So during praise and worship, I want to share this. During praise and worship, when we were singing This is a Move, I, I know a lot of you guys know this. In January, my mamma was going to die. She was in really, really bad shape. And um, we were in the hospital with her. And um, a lot of our family was gathering around the hospital bed with her, trying to pray with her. And um, she, we, we turned on on YouTube that song, This Is A Move. And um, we sang that over her. We just about prophesied it over her and I want you to know my mamma is it's like she's made her comeback God is healing her and I I don't know if we really shared that you know everyone prayed and I I'm pretty sure mom has mentioned it a few times but every time I hear that song I think of that moment of us all standing around her hospital bed singing that song over her and um, I talked to her a couple days ago and um, I said, Mamma, how you doing? And she goes, I'm good. I'm eating ice cream. And that was a big deal because she wasn't eating. And then also she said she was back to shopping. And if you know anything about her, you know she has recovered. She's driving. She She's doing awesome. So I just, I, I wanted to share that because it made me think of that moment. And um, first off, I want to give honor where honor is due. I, I actually um, was thinking about this because when I was a senior in high school, which was, I don't even want to tell you how many years ago, but I was a senior in high school, and there was a uh, show choir senior banquet. You know how they do those things to recognize the seniors and their accomplishments and celebrate them. 
And there was this opportunity where we could, each senior could stand and share some words. And I was a stupid kid, and I didn't really share anything. I, I, I said a few things, but there was one thing that my mom said to me when we got in the car. She said, you should have thanked your teacher. You should have thanked Mrs. Van Meter. And so when I was thinking um, about giving honor where honor is due, I thought of that story. And it's kind of a regret of mine. So if anyone knows Mrs. Van Meter, please let her know that Nerissa loves her very much. And I appreciate her. <laughs> but I guess it was this moment. It was a, a teaching moment. As parents know, you, can, you continue to teach your children and hope they grasp something. So I grasped that, Mom. And so I want to give honor where honor is due. And I want to thank Pastor, my dad, for allowing me and giving me this chance to stand behind this pulpit to speak and um, I don't ever want to take it lightly I don't ever want to take it lightly um, pastor raised me and Micah right he would um, use scripture all the time in everyday life and um, even if me and Micah would get in arguments with him he would use scripture to rebuttal us and I mean really deep stuff where we we could never say no -uh, that's not true that would be blasphemy okay so um, I I know how seriously he takes I'm not saying the glory of God is just here on this pulpit but an opportunity like this should not be taken for granted. And so I just want to make sure that um, Pastor Bynum, um, I want to thank you for allowing me to do this. And um, I just, I guess I don't want to take a chance like this for granted. I don't want to take this for granted. And I also want to thank my husband Trent. When I told him that I felt like I was called to preach, he said, good luck. So, man, deep, deep words from Trent Baker. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it, which um, I just want to make sure I thank him because he really may not be able to hear anything I say because of our children. But now that they've moved to the front row, Mike and Elizabeth won't hear a word that I say tonight. But uh, when, I, when I think about Trent, when he said good luck, in a way, I'm just, I, uh, I like to just put thoughts in my head of what he really, you know, means because Trent is a man of few words. But I think that was kind of him giving me the nod, saying, okay, you got this. All right, I support you. So that was Trent's way of telling me that. But I just want to, um, like I said, give honor where honor was due. But I really want to give glory and honor to the Lord right now. I've been running from this calling for many, many years. Um, I've always liked, if you know me, I've always been involved in the church. Um, I've sometimes uh, stood and spoke to you to receive offerings for pastor or to open up for the service. Um, but I always kind of liked doing background work, and um, I'm the church treasurer and secretary, and I, I feel called to do that. Um, I feel joy and happiness when I do that, 
but um, I always thought it was kind of safer that way, my, my comfort zone. Um, I, I've been in front, you know, of course, singing, but I'm never really alone when I do that. I got worship team people up there with me and also dance team. I was never alone, never out of my comfort zone. And um, I am a bit of a perfectionist, and so I don't know. I'm not that great with criticism and putting myself out there. Uh, I don't want to be appeared in a negative way or I, I don't know. I'm just being real with you right now. So I, um, I've just never really put myself out there just opening my heart to where the world could see it. My, my personal friends and my family, they know me. They know me really well. But um, I have never really been one for everyone to know me really well. But um, I've had evangelists speak and prophesy words over me that would always hit the nail on the head if it's exactly, exactly what I was feeling in my heart about the call to, to preach. I uh, said to my dad earlier this week, I said, well, you know, I guess I'm going to speak. And he goes, what do you mean by speaking? You know, and I said, well, I don't really know if I'm a preacher. And then he just said, it's just styles, Narissa. Preaching doesn't mean you have to get up and yell and sweat a whole bunch. <laughs> By the way, where is my sweat rack? <laughs> Dad sweats a lot when he preaches. But um, he just said, it's just styles. And so even just saying the words, preach me preaching I feel ugh, a little nervousness in my stomach but um, I've just always felt that calling on my life but I uh, made excuses I would uh, stuff them deep down inside to where it was just a secret between me and the Lord um, because I would just think how would I ever find the time my husband and I can't even complete a sentence to each other right now. How, how on earth would I put together a sermon? I have so many interruptions in my life. And also something that I kept saying was, Lord, don't, don't you see all the other things I do? Isn't that enough? Don't you see I am your servant? And, um, but no, it was not enough. Um, yeah, I stepped... I still kept getting a pull and tug from God to to preach. I, I just kept getting that. And um, so much of a pull and tug that one day I was on the phone with my mom. And um, I, I felt almost sick to my stomach feeling the need to say those words out loud. To where I remember even kind of saying, well you know what I'm saying, mom, you know, and she would say, say it, Narissa, say the words yourself, you have to say them yourself, and um, when I finally said it, I just started sobbing, when I was on the phone, I just started sobbing with her, and um, so then, when I finally said it, and when I'm finally, um, I decided to walk into my calling, and I told it to my family, and here I am, and I just, I want to encourage you, 
If you're running from your calling, you need to stop. Um, You won't ever find true peace until you step into your calling. Because as soon as I spoke to my family, the pandemic hit. Oh, that P word. (laughs) And then poof, everything changed. Um, No church was meeting together. And then um, a few weeks ago, or I guess about a month ago, I moved. So there was a lot going on, um, more than enough to start making excuses. And I was even saying to myself, well, Narissa, maybe maybe you were wrong about what you said. Um, Now you're busy and more occupied, so let's just keep doing what you've always done and stay in the background or stay with your groups, your comfort zones. Um, But I... When, when I was letting it kind of fade into the background, I realized that I started losing my focus, like almost, I guess you could say, a spiritual focus. Um, I started, you know, thinking, who am I really? You know, like, who is Narissa? I, I just, I started feeling like I was losing my identity because I was running away from my calling. And um, then I um, was even approached by a pastor uh, when the summer series started, and he said, listen, I, I, don't, I don't want you to think I forgot about you and what you told me, but I just, I don't know, I just kept making up excuses, I'm too busy, or this or that, but I finally set an official date, so here I am, and um <laughs> So uh, if I totally mess this up, and if I totally do not get my point across, at least, Lord, I'm being obedient right now. (laughs) I'm being where you wanted me to be. So um, will you guys pray with me? Lord Jesus, I just love you. God, I adore you and I praise you. And Lord Jesus, Help me. Help me, Lord God. I can't do a thing without you, Lord. But God, help us absorb your word, Lord Jesus. Help us learn and grow together. In your name we pray. Amen. So uh, the Lord has um, laid it upon my heart to uh, speak about timing is everything. And um, I, I actually was woken up in the middle of the night and this like came to me so anything to wake me up in the middle of the night other than grant it's got to be god because i do love my sleep (laughs) but um it, it started making me think about the perfect timing on many different things can be key in life um you can think about music when you think of timing If you can't keep time very well, you're going to have not-so-pretty music um, coming out. Um, So, also, I think about dancing. If you can't keep time when you dance, it's not going to look right. I uh, just sometimes always feel sorry for, you know, like, (laughs) well, you just kind of... Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Um, 
there's always like one person like in high school that just really wanted to be a part of the group but they just can't keep time and I don't know I just always feel really sorry for them I I hurt for them but we all have our strengths right um, but what about baking okay so you know that habit that we've picked up during this pandemic as well as the um, COVID 20 pounds um, we, we're doing a lot of baking at my house and lately it is a theme of zucchini desserts people those have vegetables in them but they're still really high in calories I learned that the hard way but uh, my mother-in-law's been giving me a lot of zucchini great desserts let me know if you want any recipes I'll give them to you but um, timing with baking can be very essential, can't it? Um, like the perfect cookie. If you overcook it, it's too crispy. And listen, I'm a mom of two very picky eaters. They will not eat a crispy cookie. They will not do it. And um, if you undercook a cookie, um, then it's too gooey. So it won't set up right. And once again, it goes with timing, how you time baking that cookie. And um, then, I'm sorry, I lost, okay. Um, also with perfect timing uh, with kids. So if you have kids, when you're trying to get out the door on time, does anyone have a kid that, um, always has to find a specific toy that they haven't played with in months, but you're trying to leave the house on time. With Lincoln, it was a blue pickup truck that was a Hot Wheel. And with Lincoln, um, with Grant, it could be anything, really, with that child. But it's just, you gotta get out the door in time. Time, time, time. And um, also, thinking about sports, which, Thinking about college football, everyone can go boo-hoo. But you think about that um, perfect timing of the perfect pass to win, um, win the game, to score the goal, you know? Like, it's all about that perfect timing. And um, the pressure that we just put on ourselves to have the per perfect timing on everything. Um, you and I both know that that timing is not truly in our control. Um, and the past few months should be an indicator of that. <laughs> None of, nothing is in control <laughs> right now. And um, it, it made me think about God's timing and um, to trust his timing in our lives. And um, me standing here today is an example of that, of trusting God. The I don't have the time for this, and I have way too many distractions. That those are just ex excuses. Um, but one night a few weeks ago, when I was telling you I was laying in bed one night, and um, the Lord spoke so clearly to me, and He told me for such a time as this, Narissa, and. That, in turn, reminded me of a word that was spoken over me a year ago by, by Matt Hartley. And he had said 
that I had um, an Esther anointing upon my life for such a time as this. And um, I kind of felt a confirmation, okay, Lord, then that's what my first sermon will be about, will we'll be about the book of Esther. What was kind of neat to me when I opened up the book of Esther to read it um, recently, it starts with, this is what happened during the time of King Xerxes. <laughs> okay, I've been practicing it in my car. Um, so when I read that and I saw the word time, I felt the Lord's confirmation. Okay. So during the early years of the king's reign, he gave a banquet for all the important people in his kingdom, and, qu and his queen was throwing a party herself for the women in the royal palace. When the seventh day approached and the king was in high spirits, he commanded that his queen be brought before him and his guests for she had great beauty, but she refused. I'd say the king's ego was pretty crushed. I mean, the queen told him no. He was the king. And I also, you know, sort of wonder why she might have refused. Um, if you have a vivid imagination, you could probably think of something. Maybe she didn't feel good, or perhaps she didn't be you know, checked out by a bunch of men. Who knows? But we truly know why she refused, because it was all in God's plan. If she would have gone on and done that, she would have stayed queen, and then we wouldn't have seen Esther. But, and all of that, like, put it in motion for Esther to get in the story. And when the king was very upset about this, he sought advice from his advisors. And when I read it in my Bible, it says the king spoke with the wise men who understood the times. And I just kept feeling the Lord when I was reading that. And this suggest they suggested that the queen never be allowed to be in the king's presence and to be stripped away from her title as the queen and that opens up position for queen and um this is when esther comes in the picture she was an orphan and she was raised by her cousin mordecai um i like to daydream at times and try to picture what life might have been for esther i i think it would have been really sad she was an orphan but the bible says in Esther chapter 2 verse 20 later on that when Mordecai told Esther to keep it a secret she was a Jew the Bible says she kept it a secret for she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up which you know that sort of tells me when she continued to follow his instructions that she had a good relationship and a respect for Mordecai so the Bible tells us that Esther was also lovely in form and features. She was a beautiful young woman, probably living a happy life with her cousin, and she had friends. She, she was a young teenage girl. And then the king calls for a search for a new queen. Can you imagine seeing come into your town the king's men all looking for the 
beautiful young virgin women and picking out the most beautiful ones and taking them to the palace to maybe be chosen to be queen the romantic in me just thinks and gives me butterflies thinking oh the possibilities of being swept away by a king and the beautiful dresses and the shoes can you imagine the shoes the jewelry oh but the grown woman in me the mom the wife who's almost been married for 12 years I I start thinking how scary that would have been to be a young girl taken away to an unknown area to be taken away from your life and um, all, all the pressure that might have been on these young women on 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 Esther but you know God's timing can seem scary at times um, and Esther was obedient she followed what Mordecai instructed her to do but early off the Bible tells us that she was put in the care of Haggai at the palace during her time of 12 months of beauty treatments and she pleased him and found favor in him and immediately he provided her with beauty treatments and special food um, when I think about the special food all I can think of is chips and queso <laughs> sauce that would have been my special food probably wasn't what Esther was eating but um, when we are obedient we find favor and during that time of waiting for God's answer to know his reasoning or know what to do we keep to if we keep to his word keep to trusting his timing he will make that time of waiting easy on us because I would say Esther was wondering why why am I in this situation why did I get chosen but um, because in Esther 2.12, it says that before a girl could come into the king's presence, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed to the women. Six of those months with oil and myrrh, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. Man, you are on your game. Thank you. So basically, 12 months of primping. And my husband complains if I'm not ready in an hour. <laughs> but a whole year, a whole year of waiting to be seen by the king. A whole year that might be totally wasted if the king didn't like her. But in those 12 months, Esther learned wisdom. And when it was her time to see the king, she asked, Haggai and sought advice on what she should bring forth to the king and once again she found favor with everyone who saw her including the king he thought she was perfect and he set a royal crown on her head and now we have Queen Esther when I read the book of Esther there are several side stories um, one including her cousin Mordecai hearing two of the king's officers conspiring while he waited at the gate to meet and check on Esther the two officers were conspiring to kill the king and 
Mordecai in turn told Esther and then Esther told the king and when it was all said and done the two officers were hanged and the story was recorded but nothing else was done or said about it and then you have Haman dun, dun, dun. the king's right-hand man who turns out being an evil man to where when all the officers knelt down before him except for Mordecai he drew such hate not only for Mordecai but for all the Jews in turn issuing the order to kill the Jews this made me think about all of the side stories in our own lives series of events that happened and in the end, you saw how God worked it all together for your good. And things that happened that you maybe not have even had any idea about it until the end. And um, the side stories were not just series of events that happened one after another as soon as Esther walked into the palace. These things happened in years. Lots of time passed before this opportunity for Esther's purpose to be fulfilled. In the book of Esther, it was the king's third year of reigning that he took the queen's crown, Queen Vashti's crown, his first queen's crown, and took it from her. And then it took time for the king's anger to subside for him to issue the order for the virgins to be brought to the palace. And also 12 months for Esther to go through her beauty treatments before seeing the king. And then it says in the king's 12th year, so years have passed, when Haman came to the king with the proposition of killing the Jews. You see, you might be in that waiting season in your life right now. That time when you know that God has a purpose and a calling for you. We all have a purpose and a calling in our life. It could take a long time. Hey, buddy. Aw. <laughs> He's just <so> fine. <laughs> It could take a long time before that opportunity arises, but let me assure you, it'll be the perfect timing because it'll be God's timing. When Mordecai learned that Haman was planning what he was planning to do to kill the Jews, he was in great distress. And when Esther sent a servant of hers to check on him, she then found out that her people would be killed. And that Mordecai wanted her to go before the king and beg for her people's lives. But Esther was overcome with fear. She had kept it a secret she was a Jew. And the king had to summon her before she could go see him. What could she possibly do? But starting in Esther chapter 4 verse 12. Let me read it. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. 
but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. For such a time as this, and if I perish, I perish. Esther knew this was her opportunity, her chance. Seeing the big picture, the whole purpose of her being shown favor, to be picked out to be queen, was to save her people. The years of being in the palace, keeping her customs and religion secret, all for this moment, this time that God has given her, and to trust this timing so much to say, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. She was going to take that chance. She knew she had to. When will we trust the Lord that much? How difficult it is to be concerned with the consequences, but to just walk in the will of the Lord for us to just do that. I don't like to think about it, but the way the world is looking, y'all, people, <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. I mean, I, I know it may seem like it's on repeat, but we better, we better wake up. Or as the, as the cool people say, get woke or something. So um, it might be years of us waiting and preparing for our moment, our moment to stand up for what we believe in when the world is trying to make our minds up to tell us what they think is right, which is totally opposite of what the Bible says. Will we get to that place of trusting the Lord so much to say, if I perish, I perish? And if you know the story of Esther, you know how she had her people fast for three days, more time passing. And on the third day, she stood in the inner court where the king was sitting on his royal throne. When she faced the king, he was pleased with her and held out his gold scepter, granting her presence. When I read the book of Esther before, I mean, we, most, most of us have read this, and um, I used to think that she had in a way stalled a little bit because she was really nervous about talking to the king uh, to tell her, to, to tell him why she needed to talk to him, what she needed to say to him to save her people. And I, I thought she was possibly stalling when she had invited the king and Haman to a banquet, not for one day, but two banquets. And I was just thinking, man, she is just like dragging this out. She's dragging this out. But now I, I think differently. She wasn't stalling or nervous. Her going uninvited to the king's presence alone tells us how brave she really was. No, she had enough wisdom to know she needed the perfect time and opportunity to tell the king that she herself was a Jew and she and her people would be destroyed. 
She took the time to fast and pray. She did not rush into anything without wisdom from the Lord. Ever done anything before seeking God first for feeling like I have enough wisdom on my own to take care of this? And it just turns into a big old mess. You say the wrong thing. Your, your actions are misplaced. Everything is just a mess. Esther did not rush into the situation. She waited. She fasted. She prayed. She called other people to fast and pray with her. She stopped and she prayed about it. Esther did that and the Lord blessed it. The king listened to what she said, which is another true miracle. <laughs> I mean, he's the king. <laughs> But all joking aside, he was a mighty king, and especially in that era, women did not have a voice. I mean, to be uh, to have to be summoned to see the king, your your husband, or he could just hang you because you just wanted to see him. I mean, that should tell you something. But God gave her favor and used her to save her people. Um, I, I find it interesting, which another confirmation that I had was earlier this week, Trent was talking about listening to a Jensen Franklin sermon about Esther. And um, I thought, well, that, that's what I'm going to speak about. So I don't know, Trent, if you remember Jensen Franklin saying this, but he mentioned that in the book of Esther, uh, the word God is not in it. And what is so great is that we know that his hand was in it. You know, we, we know this. So I found that really, really interesting. And same goes, you know, for our lives. God's hand is in everything that we do. It's in everything that we do. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm going to close with this. And um, if the worship team or whoever was going to come up to do this song, I, uh, I wanted to close with Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it talks about there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Let us trust in the Lord for the perfect timing, but not lose our chance to be an influence. That's right. To not be, be afraid and to 
not lose our chance to make a difference in the world. And I don't want to take a moment for granted. Life seems so complicated anymore and short. So let's not let an opportunity pass us by to tell someone about Jesus right now. Yesterday when I was finishing up my notes for this sermon, I just stood in the middle of my kitchen with my hands up and I said, Lord, you know me. You know I feel like I can't do this. But you can use anything in this world. So I guess you can use me. <laughs> and it caused me to remember this song. And um, if everyone wants to stand, I'll start singing it. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use over your your everyday life Lord that didn't just say Lord you can use me just as you used Esther Lord God you can use me if you can use anything Lord you can use me ways we can do it we can actually go and get mad no 